0: Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Good morning, everybody. It's Tuesday, July 18th, 528 AM Central Time. Mostly higher trade in the grain markets this morning. December corn futures up 8 at 514. November soybeans up 10 and a quarter at 1388 and a quarter. December Chicago wheat up 5 at 678 and three quarters. December Kansas City wheat up up two and a half at 822 and a half. December spring wheat down four and three quarters at 881. Let's start off with the weather this morning. We've got a little bit of a shift in the forecast, the way it looks.
1: We sure do. Weather forecasts for the U.S. Corn Belt are decidedly drier versus yesterday. Less rain will be seen over the next five days. Areas of Kentucky and Tennessee will see the best amounts. Western Kansas and Eastern Colorado may also see material accumulation. Still, most key corn and soybean areas will stay dry. The 10-day Euro and GFS models are both drier this morning. Even the extended GFS through August 3rd leaves much of the Corn Belt dry. Above normal temperatures are slated to hit much of the country beginning early next week. Extreme heat is possible across the central U.S. Corn Belt late next week.
0: Okay, so admittedly, I threw in the nastiest looking day in in terms of heat and the forecast. But you're going to see a lot of uh, stuff in the 90s. Uh, beginning like say maybe Monday, Tuesday next week and, and through the end of next week. This map on my screen is the expected max temp for the 28th, which I believe is next Friday. And they're talking like 100 degrees or in excess of that across the central Corn Belt. Uh, this forecast, I mean, you look at this uh, Euro model in particular for the next 10 days, it's quite a bit drier than it was yesterday. Yesterday, they were talking rain for like maybe the Southern half of Illinois and Indiana, places like that, maybe parts of Southern Iowa. It's, it's all kind of shifted south. So this is a friendly input this morning. Yesterday in the morning, I think the rally had a lot to do with the black sea grain deal. Um, The the trade kind of uh, uh, sold the fact in regard to that situation. But this weather deal, if we're hot and dry here for another um, say, two weeks through the end of the month of July. I mean, that is not a positive in regard to crop prospects. And I know some of you guys might say, oh, Joe, it's late July, it's gonna be hot. Yeah, it, it happens, it does happen every year. But when you have this sort of stuff um, paired with little to no rain uh, in your backyard, that's very much problematic. So I think the market's reacting to um, a hot and dry forecast this morning and, and it's decidedly drier. And and we started to see the heat introduced um the last couple of days, but it's decidedly dry this morning. I think that's the deal here early.
1: So, if you guys aren't already subscribed to our premium content, you sure need to do so. Joe, can you tell me about the video you put together concerning Ukraine yesterday?
0: Uh, weather's the deal today, but Ukraine was the deal, at least for a few hours yesterday. Um, I went through and ran some export charts. Uh, why does Ukraine matter, and do they matter as much as they did, uh, say, a year or two ago? Um, it's good to go back and kind of look at some of the um, the export projections, uh, pre-invasion versus post-invasion. It's changed quite a bit. And then still on Sundays, guys, we've got another few weeks to go uh, with the pre-open weather updates. Sunday nights, these videos go out at 6 p.m. Central Time. I run through weather, the forecast, what's changed, what does it mean for the markets, if there are any other headlines that uh, need to be addressed. I'll include those as well. I talked about the grain deal, some stuff on the charts this past Sunday. Uh, remember, guys, the premium deal includes our morning email which goes out at 5 a.m. Central every single business day. Myself and Mackenzie, were up at 4 in the morning putting this thing together every day. Uh, Go to standardgrain.com. You get the email, you get the videos. You can sign up with your credit card, 50 bucks per month. Cancel at any time, no other fee, no other obligation. Nobody will try to sell you anything else, guys. Just a ton of info direct from us every single business day.
1: U S soybean ratings improved drastically last week, the crop was rated 55% good to excellent nationally compared to 51% the prior week, most major U S soybean States saw a week over week improvement with the exception of Nebraska, Arkansas, and Louisiana, the crop is 56% blooming versus 39% last week and 51% on average.
0: I'm not gonna get into the state-by-state stuff, but you did see some pretty widespread improvement. The trade was only looking for a 2% increase in the good to excellent category, and we got a 4% increase. So this is very much so, and in the case of corn also, this is a contra-seasonal improvement in ratings. It is not normal to see this kind of bump in ratings this time of year. Like typically, in, in a normal year, if you average them out over time, your crop ratings would start strong and then slowly deteriorate as you got closer to uh, crops reaching maturity or harvest. That's not what we're seeing so far this year. Uh, we did a video a week or two ago. We talked about 1992. And in 1992, you had a very dry June followed by... Um, of a much wetter July and we saw a similar contra seasonal improvement that year. I don't know if this continues given that dry forecast, but we'll see what happens. Uh, What about corn ratings?
1: They also improved. The crop was rated 57% good to excellent nationally compared to 55% the prior week and 66% on average. Pennsylvania saw the biggest improvement of any state tracked by the USDA. The state's corn crop was rated 60% good to excellent versus just 40% the prior week, the crop is 47% 47% silking nationally versus 22% last week and 43% on average.
0: Uh, shout out to Pennsylvania uh, carrying the, uh, the weight here this week i know we've got a bunch of premium subs in pennsylvania so a good deal there um so yeah similar deal uh, this is what the trade had expected uh, we were looking for a two percent bump so not anything that was uh, surprising necessarily in regard to corn ratings and just keep in mind the market has shrugged this off this morning i mean we saw uh, an improvement in ratings and a, and a sharp improvement in soybean ratings and the markets are still higher this morning so it's it's overall i mean a good price action and, and price action this morning again is not because of these ratings uh, spring wheat also improving
1: Sure did. The crop was rated 51% good to excellent nationally compared to 47% the prior week. Improvements were noted in North Dakota, South Dakota, and Minnesota. The US winter wheat crop is 56% harvested compared to 46% last week and 69% on average.
0: I think some people were thrown off by this improvement in spring wheat conditions because uh, it's turned dry in a lot of those areas, but nevertheless, a 4% bump in the good to excellent category. Uh, We had a crush report yesterday.
1: Yeah, NOPA members crushed 165 million bushels of soybeans last month, the lowest level in nine months. The June soybean crush was down 7.2% compared to May, but up 0.2% compared to the same month last year. June crush data was more than 5.5 million bushels below the average trade estimate of 171 million bushels. Crush margins have improved in recent weeks and remain at historically high levels NOPA members account for 95% of all soybeans processed here in the US
0: remember guys the crush is a big deal because this is um, half of your demand base for soybeans grown in the United States and as the uh, months and years pass here Domestic processing is going to account for, in all likelihood, um, an even greater percentage of the demand for U.S. soybeans. We're building new crush plants. We've got more competition on the export market with Brazil. Uh, This miss in regard to the crush number has everything to do with plant maintenance and, and downtime. Uh, rather than margins. The margins are still uh, historically excellent. Uh, they've actually seen an improvement here the last couple of weeks. So I would uh, expect a big rebound here the next few months. Um, unless, of course, we end up with a super light bean crop and the beans just aren't out there. But I think we're going we're gonna to be using more beans domestically. We're not going to be exporting as much. Brazil anticipated to plant whatever we said yesterday, 111 million acres of beans um, here this fall.
1: According to Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky, the Black Sea grain deal can operate without Moscow's participation. Zelensky said on Monday that he wrote a letter to Turkey's President and the UN Secretary General calling for the continued operation of the deal. According to U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken, Russia is weaponizing food, which will harm millions of people around the world. The U.S. is prepared to work with other countries to ensure shipments of grain out of Ukraine. Russia claims that if meaningful progress were to be made on its demands, it would consider rejoining the agreement.
0: There was a bunch of chatter on the news wires this morning, Russia claiming that Ukraine was using the corridor for military purposes, all sorts of back and forth type stuff. So I guess we've got to keep an eye on it. But I think that these markets very clearly told us yesterday that they're not overly concerned about this whole situation.
1: U.S. corn shipments increased slightly last week. USDA reported that 363,818 metric tons of corn were inspected for export during the week ending July 13th. The print was up 4.1% on the week, but down 67% versus the same week last year. Accumulated corn shipments for the current marketing year are down 33% versus the same time period last year. Soybean shipments declined 48% from the previous week, totaling 155,556 metric tons. Wheat shipments were reported at 253,409 metric tons, down 40% compared to the previous week.
0: So this corn number is still problematic. We very clearly hit our seasonal peak. You should see a rebound in corn shipments. Typically, it's like mid September into October. That time frame, you know, once we get new crop bushels um, available. But at the same time, the new crop book of commitments is very poor. Uh, Brazil is going to have a big crop to ship, so we're going to continue to have problems on the export market. A lot of people believe that USDA is overstating new crop corn exports in in regard to their projections by a phenomenally drastic amount. I mean, we're talking... 300, 400, 500 million bushels, depending on who you ask. So we've we've absolutely got some export problems here. Uh, the cattle market uh, was what, mixed yesterday?
1: Yeah, pretty much mixed. Uh, feeder cattle futures closed an average of a buck 80 higher. Live cattle futures were mixed, ranging anywhere from 37 cents lower to 70, 75 cents higher. Uh, Choice box beef ended the day at 306.78, that was up 84 cents. And select ended the day at 275.74, that was down 87 cents.
0: Outside markets this morning, guys, uh, U.S. dollars off just a little bit. Stocks are off a little bit. I believe the S&P posted its best close in like several months yesterday. Um, The bonds are up a little bit. Gold's up 10 bucks. Crude oil is up 32 cents in the August WTI at 74.47. Have a great day, guys. We will talk to you on Wednesday.